There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, my next guest has a truly inspiring story. Jer Redmond had the world at his feet, but was dragged back into a life of serious crime by family circumstances. However, the good news is he's now got his life back on track as he explained during a fascinating conversation which begins with Jer telling me about his early life. I was born in Darndale, so I was back 82, so grew up in Darndale as a young kid. At the time, obviously looking back, I know it wasn't a great upbringing, you know, in terms of the way I treat my own kids and what they have. Growing up, like, it wasn't that bad, but looking back, I know it was bad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just, I suppose you adapt to your surroundings. So I grew up in Darnell, and then we moved out of Darnell, actually, and emigrated to Germany. Obviously, my mother's sister spent about eight months over there. My father couldn't get work, and then we moved to London. And again, he couldn't get work, and we lived in a hostel-type place. Moved back to Kulak then, and uh, started living then in Kulak in my nannies. But there for two years, and then uh, got a house, then a council house in uh, Kulak. How many were in the family? There's six kids all together in the family, and then the mother and father. Your dad always struggled to really find work. Yeah, like that's, I suppose, why I am who I am today in, in a sense. Yeah, he never really stepped up and became a man, I suppose, of the house. You know, I think he was selfish in his ways, always looking out for himself, probably trying to get handy things, whereas a real man will, will do what he has to do to make sure the family are good, you know. What about so, your yeah. mum? She obviously had six years to look after. She was a busy homemaker. My mother would have come from a bad generation. I think she lost her parents when she was a young kid, you know. So I'm sure she had her own struggles in that sense. But at the same time, like, I don't know when I'm being too harsh, but people need to learn from their past. And they need to learn that, like, if you have a bad past, you need to fix that and be a better person in order to inspire your own generation and look after your own kids. You can't put your kids through the same crap you were put through, you know. So... That eats away at me at times. The boy didn't never changed because they hadn't got great upbringing. But then they also reflect that on us. You got to step up and change. I think mm, it's often difficult, though. I'd say this from afar, and I, I I've never been in the situation myself to to extricate yourself from a life that you know or, or your past. In what sense? You know that you know nothing else. It's very hard, you know, when you don't maybe have the education or the resources or where you just end up in life in a particular place you live in. You know when all those things come together? Yeah, but look, look we're not stupid. As as humans, we know what's right from wrong, Jerry. I know, look, I've been brought up in worse conditions than my mother and father were brought up in, in the way my path was laid out for me. But yes, still, I knew what was right from wrong. I knew how to fix myself. I knew what route was the right route. 
it was just a matter of taking that and making that choice. And it takes, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not easy. We all know it's not easy, but, but ultimately, you know, you, you just got to man up and say, you know what, I, I need to change this. Because if you don't change that, your generation that comes behind me, so for instance, my kids, they will end up with the same traits that I have. I don't like the traits I have. Well, now I'm good, but I didn't like the traits I had. I didn't like the life that I was doing, betraying and putting out there. You know, I was involved in the criminal gang. I was earning money the wrong way, thinking it was from my family. I was, you know, just being the wrong role model, thinking it was right because that was my mediocre, because that's what I thought was the right thing to do, because everything was against me and like the system and all that. You know, it's the wrong attitude. We know it's wrong. We need to step up and do the right thing. Yeah, you, you, you make the point really well, I have to say. Come back to yourself and growing up. Was it tough to survive in, in Kulak with your ilk as you grew through the ages as a young boy into teenage years, etc.? How, how did you fare out there? Well, you had a dream to become a soccer player as a young kid. And even growing up in a bad environment with the wrong parents, like, my parents were irresponsible. So I never had any ambition to be anything. They never showed me inspiration. They never showed me anything. So I had my own thing to become a footballer. And I found an outlet in football because I never called the home a home. It was never a home. I never felt love in the home. I never, you know, had proper dinners, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I never had any of that, you know. So I never felt at home up until I made my own home, my wife now. I became really good at football, really good now. And I got a chance to play with a team in Scotland. I got a YTS, which is a youth training scholarship, at the age of 16. Went over there and I lived over there for a while. And that was taken from me from a bad generation. My father and my mother, seeing that I had this talent and was on the way to become a professional footballer, and yet they still couldn't change their ways. They couldn't find the positive in that and say, you know what, look what we have here. Let's get on board with this. I was worried when I was over there as I was playing football about my own siblings because my father was you know, a violent man. My mother was drinking. She used to go out shopping on a Thursday and wouldn't come back till the Friday. And then there'd be no shopping, the money we spent drink. That was a regular occurrence. I still now to this day have an anxiety, a separation anxiety, which I bring into my own home and my wife says she's going out. I'd be like starting an argument and not letting her go out. Not 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 letting her go out. I don't like stop her, but I'd be starting an argument, you know. And there's lots of them little things that I have that I didn't realise I have and it's like a blanket because I've never been shown love properly, so I can't show love properly. Do you know, if you don't know it, you can't do it. I'm like a broken jigsaw. I go to counselling now and I'm piecing back the jigsaw of my life, trying to become a better person. If I don't do that, I will pass on them bad habits to my kids. You went across to Dunfermline in Scotland, a very well-known and respectable club. There was a career in front of you there. This was the stepping stone, perhaps, to something even greater in bigger leagues and with bigger clubs. Why did you not stay there and forge your own path? What pulled you back? Was it that... Humanity, that kindness, that worry you tell me about there that brought you back to try and help the siblings, was that it? My father committed a crime in Kulak, a bad crime, and I came back to see how my brothers and sisters were because my father had been locked up. And when I came back, the house was in chaotic. You know, the mother was drinking and had people in the house she shouldn't have, and the kids were suffering. Like, they weren't being cared for properly. So I made a decision. That was it. My career as a professional soccer player had to be put on hold or lost forever, which is what happened. I became the man of the house, and I started. I joined the criminal gang for two reasons. One, to put food in the table, and two, for protection, because what my father had done, people were looking for revenge, and they were taking it out on us. So that's the reason. And I've never been in trouble with the guards before this. I was a good citizen. I was a happy, confident child. 
yeah, I wasn't being brought up in the right environment, but I made my own path as a young kid, and I was a happy, happy lad, very confident. My mother then moved out a, week, a month later after I got home. She moved out with another man and went to Liverpool. Left myself, my sister, look out of four kids under the age of 10. So, as you can imagine, growing up, you know, I got a lot of resentment over that. And I started lashing out negatively on other people. Didn't care. Didn't care about anyone. Didn't care about the guards. Didn't care about the government. Didn't care about anyone. Anyone had a problem. Anyone had that to say. I just lashed out. And, uh, yeah, I went down the wrong road for a lot of, about 18 years, probably. You reared those siblings of yours, those others. How did they fare out with yourself and your sister looking after them, even though you were involved in crime yourself and serious crime? Were you able to keep them away from the life that you had to lead to put food on the table to protect your family? No, definitely not. All we were doing was living day by day. We were just keeping us together. That's all we could do. Like, I couldn't even show love to, to my brothers and sisters. Like, I hadn't got them politics. I was already going through my own shit, trying to deal with what had happened. I, I hadn't got it. I've never been shown love. And when you're not... People don't realise, when you're not shown love by your parents, you grow up with resentment. And you don't know how to. If, you don't, if you're not shown, you, you don't know how to. You want it. Because I've, I've often looked and I want to do something and there's a... There's something, a glass, a tinted glass that I can't actually do it. Mentally, it's not there. No, I never showed as much love as I'd love to, or enough care as I'd love to. We are just surviving. You know, it's just survival. Just keep us together until we thought when my father got out, maybe things would be better. Or my mother might seek sense and come home and look after us. That never happened. Even when my father got out, I still have no respect for him. Do you know what I mean? He still didn't amend what he had done. And my mother's still the same, hasn't amended what she's done. No, and my family has suffered over that. Like my brothers and sisters have suffered over that. Like, it's a backlog of stuff, you know. It's hard to deal, you know what I mean? When you're put in that position as a kid and, you know, you grow up without parents, all that such circumstances. Mm. It, has its, it has its problems, you know what I mean? Oh, listen, problems. We think we have problems until we listen yeah. to what you, you lived and experienced. No, you yourself, Jer, inevitably it probably was fell foul of the law and you did time in jail yeah so 2014 I received a two year prison sentence for drugs found in the house served in Mount Joy you know the first night I was in prison I remember you know because I cursed my own father for being in prison for what he done to us and here's me in prison four kids at the time and I'm like I'm just after going in the same footsteps my father did and the generation before my granddad was locked up my father was locked up and here's me doing the exact same thing. So, you know, that was, at that stage, I sort of had that light bulb moment. I didn't do anything, obviously, because I was in two years in prison, but I, I sort of thought, jeez, I'm just following generations here. I remember sitting in prison in 2016, and I was in an open prison down in Sheldon Abbey, and uh, I was due for release very soon, and I remember sitting there going, where's my life gone, you know? Because I was once on the road to become a professional footballer, and I'm 35, I think, at this stage, and I'm going, like, my whole life is just gone. And I just thought that was it. I was nearly giving up on life, to be honest with you. And uh, when I got out then, my son Ross was due in October of 2016. And a few things happened. I had a friend. Um, we were in Holland, and he was telling me little stories about him and his little boy. They were going camping, and, you know, it was good little stories. And my son was due, and I just wanted to see what it was like to have a son. 
And two weeks later, my friend died. He took drugs and he died. And I remember being in the funeral home, sitting there, and the little kid walked in over to his father's coffin. And I just put my head in my hand and just said, that I was done with this life. And I was really done. Like, I was just like, what the f*** am I doing? Like, for what? To put, potentially put my kid through what my friend has put his kid through. Now, no disrespect to my friend. Obviously, he didn't want that happen. But I've seen this now. And for me to go back and do what, what I was doing, after seeing that, who am I to do that? What person on earth does that? So that was it. I was done. And I made the decision I was done. And I didn't care. I started to piece myself, my life back together. Went to watch an Ironman in 2016, just to be around people with goals and like-minded people. And I was inspired. And I decided to do an Ironman in 2017. Couldn't swim, never swam in my life, never even done one length. And uh, yeah, I started training for an Ironman then in 2017. Done my first Ironman in August 2017. Finished it, thank God. <laughs> yeah. But when I passed the finish line, when I crossed the finish line, I just felt, I had my life back, I felt this self-belief come in. I felt this confidence. And I didn't suffer in the race. And people saying in Jordan's races, you suffer a lot. And for some reason, I didn't suffer. But I walked out the reason. And the reason was because as a kid, I suffered. And I'd been through so much crap in my life that I had disability now that, you know, sports wasn't suffering. You want to know about suffering, I'll, I'll show you suffering. That's real suffering. Sports is not suffering. So I found that I had this talent of being able to suffer. And not only that, but I used all my negativity and I put it into a positive. And sport was a positive. So... I got all this negativity that I had and I had been, got been put into me over the years and I've used it in a positive manner which was sparse so I felt and I felt that really worked well at me so I decided to do Lanzarote which is the toughest Ironman in the world to test the mind and again I done really well and it was after this race then I decided I thought to myself you know what I'm really good at this maybe I could be pro again a little kid came back to me and said you were a pro when you were a kid you could probably do that again I decided to look up what it was to be an Irish pro, how we've done it. So to become an Irish pro, you had to get a sub-9.30 in a full Ironman. A full Ironman is 3.8 swim to the sea, 180k in the bike, and a full marathon. So it's a bit of an ask, and I was only in the sport probably, I think, 14 months at this stage. So decided to sign up for Barcelona in 2018 and go for my pro license, and... Yeah, I pretty much trained every day, two or three times a day, about four or five hours a day, getting up three in the morning, doing 100 k's. Um, but it was more than me. I, I wanted to prove to people that, you know, I was on the wrong road for a long time and I've been brought up by a bad generation. But you know what? If you want to change your life, you want to make that choice, then you can do anything you want to do. So it was more for that than anything else and I knew that if I got this pro license that I'd be able to go around and give me a platform to be able to go around with my message and tell people do you know what life's never over you can achieve anything but you have to make a choice to want to do it and that's the choice I made in October 2018 I went to Barcelona and I remember the last 5k of the marathon I knew I had this in the bag and I ran onto the, to the red carpet in an Ironman. That's about 100 metres long. And my family were there. My kids and my wife. And my wife handed me the iron flag. And pretty much the happiest day of my life. I ran through and oh, nine, nine hours and 25. A lot of people doubted me, you know. A lot of people doubted me. And said I wouldn't do it because I'd only 
started this sport 22 months earlier. But within 22 months, I became an Irish professional athlete. So anything is achievable. And I'm no different than anyone out there. I'm not anything different. I'm just a normal Joe Soap. And I achieved that. So if I can achieve that, people can, can get their likes on. Or I'm not telling people to become a professional athlete. But I am telling people that stop using excuses. Get your life. Get a hold of your life, you know. If you want to be something, if you have a goal, whether it be even a new job or whatever, you can have it, but you have to go to work in. You are remarkable. I sit here in awe listening to what you're telling me. Honestly, Ger. But I want to come back to something because this is very important in the context of many people in the northeast. You know what's been going on here with gangland yeah. crime. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's a national, international story at this stage. When you came out from prison and, and, and you made that decision as you sat at your friend's wake and you saw the little boy, how do you extricate yourself from these people you've been involved with in the past? So, it's not difficult, but you know what, I've thought about that and um, look, look, it's not easy, you have to play the game, I suppose. Like, growing up in Darndale and Kulak, you know, you find, you you have a lot of street sense, so you know how to play things and, you know, so we played, I just said, look, I have a kid on the way, I'm going to do an Ironman. I didn't tell them I was pulling out, but I've done it in a way that I didn't want to piss anyone off, do you know what I mean? I started paying my bills off, got a clean slate, and then once you come out of a gang or step back from making the money, someone else will come in, fill your void, and then for long, you don't become an asset anymore. You know, it's not a nice thing, but that's what happened. But there's lads out there, right? will say, oh, I can't leave a gang because if I leave a gang, I'll get killed because they'll have no backup anymore. But if they make the choice to leave a gang, like you have two choices. You leave a gang, right, and you you run the risk of getting killed. But there's one thing for sure. If you stay in that gang, you have more of a chance of getting killed if you stay in. If you leave the gang, yes, there might be a risk of getting killed, right? But what comes with that, leaving that gang, is love and care and being there for the loved ones and enjoying life for what it is and setting goals. That's more important than anything. Like these lads, some of these lads don't even know what it's like to live a real life. You know, when I got out of that life, it was the best decision I ever made because it's a weight off your shoulders. Like being in a gang is it's hard work, it's stressful. You're not living. You're under the cosh of someone else and you're not living. So for these lads, they say, like, look, if I leave, I can get killed. But you know what? If you stay in here, you'll get killed. So why not risk getting out and risk living life to the full, you know, and and life for what it is because life life is a great thing and we take for granted sometimes and they're just not living their life where they are, you know. Come back to what you've achieved, professional sportsman. You've always had it in you, obviously from the football. You are a talent and you are now involved in talking to people as you are to me today. You're an inspiration to people who may see no end in sight for the life they're corralled into at this point in time. Is there a downside that you're going to have to carry with you forever? I'm thinking about you have a record. What about employment? I know you were looking for a taxi licence, weren't you, to do some part-time taxiing. Talk to yeah. me about that for a moment. Yeah, so I put in for my taxi licence and uh, I was refused in court. Like, I had to go to court because I was refused. There's a couple of processes you have to go through through the National Taxi Licence uh, Bureau or whatever. I refused point blank by them. Went to court and they didn't give it to me in the end, like in court now. I went back up again there recently and look, I could get it this year. I don't know. It's touch and go. But it's basically like they just don't want to take risk on you, you know. 
it is it is annoying at times, but like I ha- at the same time I understand. I, I I um I put my hands up to everything I done, you know. I really do. And I understand to a certain extent the guards um refusing people at times depend on their conviction, you know what I mean? Like I I don't know. I, I, I do uh, I do understand but I suppose if someone makes true change, which is what I've done, I think as government and guards, they have to be shown or to be seen to walk with them and say, you know what, you have tried. They have to show chance, you know what I mean? They have to give chance to people. Like, if they don't do that, then other people are, are going to be knocked back by, you know? But at least if someone sees me getting a chance, that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm looking for my tax lawyers, to be able to tell people, if you change, people will change with you. And that's reasonable to expect. You've put this behind you and behind you, I take it from what you say, forever. Your wife, Pauline, she has plans herself. I'm sure your children, Kira, Kiva, Haley, Kelly and Ross, they're all so proud of you. And I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier. Can you love? Have you found out how to love? Yeah, we actually go for counselling. i tell you what, what my message is really, it's to change a generation. If you don't change yourself, you cannot change a generation. You have to be the right example, you know. For the people who are coming in behind you, like your kids, like your nieces and nephews, like even a lad on your road, you have to show inspiration to people for them to change. A lot of people out there just carrying on the wrong um, traits from maybe the father before them or the mother before them or whoever. I'm, I'm actually going to counselling to rectify all the things I think I can be better at, like loving my kids properly, like loving my wife properly, like being there as a man, you know, because I have a lot of things that I, I know myself that I'm not just there yet with it. So, yeah, love now, definitely. I can definitely love now because I've fixed that little bit of jigsaw puzzle. But I'm still working on a lot of other things. But I'm going to continue to work because if I don't, my kids will carry on them traits. And in order for me to change that, for their kids to have a happier life, then I need to change me first. So I'm all about generation change. So I'm doing this, changing myself for my kids and my kids' kids and their kids. And someday, you know, someone... My, my wish and my dream is to have someone go to the Olympics in a few years and they look back and they'll see me standing there and I'll have changed the whole generation. And You know, that, that, that in itself would be the biggest accomplishment for me. When the skills come back, I know we're, we're, we're kids are off now and that, but I'm giving skill talks for free to any skills. I think they might, my story might help that ki- the kids in the school um, will come in and do a talk. They can go through my website, jrm.com. They can book it through that, but the skill talks are for free, so hopefully someone will, will find something in the story and think it will work for their kids, you know? You deserve all the breaks and good things that come your way in the future, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time before someone takes a chance, and it's not a chance, puts the money on you, and you deliver for them 110%. Ger Redmond, have to leave it there today. Thank you so much for taking our call. Wish you well again. Cheers, Sherry. Thanks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.